They said it wasn't humanly possible. But now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head -head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Going good. Yeah? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. You know, nice day. Get stuff done. Think about a podcast. Come record it. Should be good. Oh, uh, you have a you have a podcast coming yeah, out? Yeah, there's, yeah, after this. <laughs> I'm going to head out. Well, I don't want to hold you up. My, <laughs> yeah. my bad. Uh, but uh, today, uh, we were going to talk a bit about game consoles over the years um some people might not actually know this about the podcast but it's a um it's a gaming related podcast <laughs> and so we oh. figured we'd go back to that a little bit yeah just a little bit but next episode 100 percent politics <laughs> nothing else <laughs> all my prep work on researching pre-workout has definitely been misled <laughs> a pre-workout episode would actually be pretty hilarious just to see like how we could stump it's, it's kind of like ramping it up to hard mode, essentially. You're just like, all right, how do we get around 40 minutes out of this? I would start with, hey, so I drank this pre-workout beverage. You'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, I don't know how that stuff works. I hope that it does. I don't know. It tastes okay. It's just like 39 minutes of listening to Dave work out. Just like you hear dumbbells in the background and stuff. Yeah. The bells aren't dumb. Yeah, just bells then, I guess. Um but uh, so we're kind of going to jump in near the start here where I think that neither of us really have that much to say. Um, but I broke it out into oh, generations. Anyways. Jake says neither, but mm -hmm. I'm going to let Jake kick off while I grab a cough drop uh -huh, and yeah. I'll be back to rescue you all. <laughs> so the first to kind of like kick it off here, uh, most of our listeners probably weren't around this time, but uh, Gen 1 which is categorized as 1972 through 1983. Um, there were 35 uh, home video game consoles included in this generation. Um, and honestly, we're uh, too young to care about this this era. Um, a lot of arcadey things, very, very expensive things that your parents would never buy you. Um, by today's standards, absolutely absurd. Well, just... it wasn't actually marketable to like common home use right like they hadn't found a way to like oh well we can make these pieces of the home console like actually cheap and affordable yeah to manufacture it like each one's kind of like oh <laughs> oh you got one of those <laughs> like computers themselves were still really expensive yeah. 70s to 80s so there was no way to make the computer parts themselves less expensive um so that was that was a time um but going to gen 2 uh, that kicked in in 1976 to 1992, and you'll notice that these ranges overlap a lot, and it's because not all of these not all of these consoles really competed, um, and some of them uh, released too late to be relevant, um, or they were just underpowered, so they end up in a different generation or something like that. But uh, this was dominated by VCRs mostly. It was the prominent uh, video game console. Uh, there's the Protean kind of evolutionary. Uh, preformed version of Atari 
there's like five Atari consoles in this in this range, and then uh, the VCR Magnavox. So that's the olden days. Uh, moving past that into Gen 3, this is where things start to pick up and people actually start caring about video games. Uh, so 1998 through 2003, which is a massive freaking range, um, there was 23 home video game consoles. And the first one kind of to kick us off is the classic Nintendo Entertainment System, which came out in 1985. That's one of those things where I didn't grow up with it immediately. Yeah. But... Touched an NES more than once. I think that um, most people's interaction with an NES at this point from like our listening group um, were through completely legitimate means and um, the original hardware entirely with no software emulation used whatsoever. If you want a good site, please uh, look below the description. <laughs> below the description. <laughs> That's the previous podcast description in most cases. Exactly. Yeah. We planned ahead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just a lot of classics were launched here. Um, this, this was the start of a lot of IPs. Like, Jake, why don't you, why don't you list this list out? This list out? All right. So Super Mario Bros. Um, came out here. Uh, Legend of Zelda. Mega Man 2, which some people liked, I guess. Uh, Castlevania 1 through 3. Metroid. Final Fantasy, the original, which uh, was a complete lie, as it turns out. Uh, Metal Gear. Nothing else after the name, just Metal Gear. And Kirby's Adventure. Yeah, uh, what I find interesting is that uh, this is the cast of Smash Brothers, mm-hmm. which is, you know, around 30 years later. That is actually true. And I didn't realize that. Nintendo Nintendo sticks a lot with their characters, though. Like, yeah, they have IPs and they stick with them because mm-hmm. that's part of the appeal. If you do, like, a, a fresh spin-up... You have to make people fall in love with this new cast of characters, this new game. Yeah. Whether it be like new style of game or just game in an existing genre that stands out. Yeah. You can like cash in on people's nostalgia with um, with a lot of this because these characters are older than I am. Fun fact, Kirby is like 30, 40 years old, something like that. He's aged well. <laughs> <laughs> Very few wrinkles on... Uh, the pink rotund body <laughs> that you can see. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, kind of competitors in that space. Same year, uh, Sega Master System. Um, look through some games here. Most of them nobody would care about, but they did release Fantasy Star, which I heard was a really good RPG. I've heard of Fantasy Star online in yeah. later days. Still quite before my time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm aware of it. Yeah. Part of the same series, as one might expect. Yeah, um, and then the little tidbit that uh, they they made this console in Brazil until 2016, which makes it the longest running release of a console contiguously. Usually, they stop producing them because that makes sense, um, but they didn't do that in Brazil. So, so they kept producing the console but no new games were being made for it. They made new games in Brazil also, <laughs> but like. These are games that had to run on the console. Yeah, so they couldn't so be like that technically advanced. Right. It'd still be within the confines. It's basically like how you know um, uh, later on in the console generations, they would release like Doom for every console. Yeah. But it was like garbage on the N64, like good on PlayStation, best on PC or something like that, right? Um, it was like that, but it was always absolute garbage here for every other game that was released there. That's crazy, though. I- 
Imagine they're like, hey, crisis. Do do? Like, oh, I make games. Like, oh, really? For who? You're like, oh, for uh, Sega. Yeah. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> do you live in the past? Yeah. Uh, apparently crazy. so, in this case. I'm just imagining Crisis as a port on this. <laughs> just, oh, can it run Crisis? This one can. <laughs> um, and then there was the Atari offering here, the XEGS. Came out two years later, 1987. And that had Mario Bros., Donkey Kong, and Battlezone, which is a tank game I've actually heard about a little bit beforehand. Those first two, though, are Nintendo games. So that was the interesting... Yeah, and those would have been before the Super Mario Brothers, correct? Yeah. mm -hmm. This was the OG, I need two brothers, and let's give them the same name. (laughs) Mario. What's the other one's name? Mario. (laughs) Weird coincidence, but okay. Yeah. Not very creative parents. And this is because, like, this era of video games was all just rip it from arcades get it under consoles license it if you need to and run with it so um for the next couple generations there exist consoles that literally only have like 32 games yeah. ever made for them or um a lot of these home systems had like the the game pack where it's like oh here's all of these titles and that's literally all you could ever play on it um kind of like did you ever like see those those handheld uh uh, not um, Etch-A-Sketch style, but they were just like similar um, gray pixels, essentially, like blow Game Boy color. Are you talking about like, like Game Boy. shitty handhelds that had like ports type thing? Yeah, like one game. Yeah. Like, um, like uh, bo- borderline McDonald's Happy Meal yes. type. Uh-huh. But yeah, it was very simplistic. Like you said, just had like the the black pixels on the gray. Exactly. Borderline Michigan game watch background. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and that was the standard for a long time. Um, but as you can see, Nintendo was already kind of breaking that, which takes us into Generation 4, where a couple leaders emerge. Um, one of those, there are 17 home video game consoles in this generation. One of them was Sega Genesis in 1988, which um, my sisters actually uh, had. So I have fond memories of playing Sonic 2 with my brother on Sega Genesis. Um, okay. I, I like you said, my sisters had this thing. So I we, have fond memories of my brother <laughs> and I my brother, yeah. enjoying this experience together. Right. I think everybody has a little bit of that, though. Like, if you had an older sibling or, like, friends or things like that, you're like, oh, you have a video game console. That's great for me. <laughs> <laughs> it is, because, like, to a point, like, you were outside at the park. You were throwing sticks at each other or what have you. But then, like, when somebody had a console, you're like, oh... That became the friend. Yes. And then we, uh-huh. we definitely talked about this before, but like you'd go over to their house in their basement, mm-hmm. a couple of friends, and you'd be down there after dinner, after school, for like until you had to go. Yeah. I was definitely kind of guilty of that too. I think part of the tragedy here is that if you had a friend like that, you never had the potential to play the game so much that you got bored of it to the extent that they did. So, like, I would have a friend who has a console, and they'd be like, oh, let's go out, you know, like, play baseball or something like that. I'd be like, yeah, I mean, that's fine, I guess. But uh, that lips, X-Men, lips. Uh, yeah, <laughs> X-Men on the SNES seems pretty good, too. Also, side tangent, do you remember you'd have, like, the friend who owned the game? So, mm. old class example, which we'll eventually get to. Yeah. Super Smash Brothers for GameCube, right? Mm-hmm. Melee. You had the one friend who owned the game. Right. And was drastically better 
and oh, everyone yeah. else who came to visit. Yeah. Because that's the only time that they had to play was when they visited. Yeah. We we joke about this a little bit, but um, definitely that and um, some first-person shooters, too. There's, there's some of that in GoldenEye as well for the yeah. N64. You're just like... Uh, I've already like learned where all the weapon spawns are, and that's the thing. Like, this is my 500th hour hour in the facility. You know, <laughs> even in our teenage years, games were not as accessible as they are now. Yeah. Whereas, like, one person has that. Why? Because their parents decided to buy it for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was uh, definitely ruined our generation. <laughs> Just outright. <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah sega genesis came out and that was that was a, a very solid console had all of the sonic hedgehogs and knuckles uh and <laughs> knuckles like, yeah, yeah and knuckles <laughs> and knuckles uh altered beast was uh, one of the the launch titles um streets of rage earthworm earthworm gem shining force 2 i don't know what happened to the first one but you know shining force 2 shows up here uh kid chameleon golden axe both one and two and then the thing that I put here, which is not on anyone's top list, but Cyborg Justice, which I think I've already talked about in retro. Um, robot fighting. <laughs> was it like a player versus player type thing? It was co-op, actually. Yeah. If you played uh, two-player, it was a, a side-scroller, kind of like Golden Axe oh. or something. So I was going to say, for a lot of these titles, they do seem to be side-scroller where you had to kind of line up vertically yeah. where your enemy was for when you did your attack. Exactly so Otherwise, that. you would miss them. Yeah. Like turtles in time. It's like the, the poorest man's 3D, <laughs> essentially. <Yes. laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Genesis was a, a solid console. Pretty expensive, but had some really good games. I, I want to say, as a standout here in this list, yeah. as I've bought like the Sega Genesis pack on Steam, yeah, and just growing up with it, Kid Chameleon is a fucking solid title. Yeah. No, it's got mechanics and choices and... Um, secrets and just everything that you'd kind of want in a, a scroller yeah it has a lot it has great sound effects and the most cool thing when you're a kid of that age like 13 14 mm-hmm. is you can pick up these different powers i remember like being a samurai, samurai. and like yeah. fucking mm-hmm. down sorting things and like bouncing across enemies mm-hmm. or turning into a tank after i went to hell <laughs> standard it, kid things honestly it just had so many cool things and so many unique mechanics where you nothing felt stale yeah yeah, it. Uh, this is this is around when games started to move beyond just being arcade tier. Um, I think Kid Chameleon is probably in the car- arcades too, but it progresses yeah. past this to the point where like you're playing games that really don't make sense in an arcade. And uh, yeah, still coming out with um, some really cool characters. Sega didn't make I think as many. I think Sonic kind of reigned supreme from their IPs. Um, but uh, Vector Man, obviously, close second, which I don't even have on my list. Yeah, I have fond memories of Vector Man. Yeah. I remember playing the game. I just have fond memories. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Vector Man, hmm, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, coming off of that, there was a Super Famicom, which some people just like a you know underground name, uh, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Um, so a SNES. <laughs> Uh, had Super Mario World, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, which some people played, uh, Super Metroid, Earthbound, uh, Final Fantasy VI. I don't know what happened between 1 and 6, but you know, they just skipped, I guess. Um, Mega Man 10, Mega Man X, I guess some would say. Uh, again, a couple people played that one. Uh, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger, which is really good, and uh, Donkey Kong Country. 
surprised you make a joke about Chrono Trigger. Be like, nobody's heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> it's I can't make a joke about that. I actually played that one. I really Chrono Trigger is so good. I have legitimately not played that game to completion. Yeah, I probably played it for like four hours, mm-hmm. and just between that and the soundtrack and everything else, I fucking love that game. It's just so good. It's just it's great. Like, and this is this is like I said perfect example of a game literally couldn't be played in an arcade because it's like 40 hours long or whatever nonsense um but you like you spent two thousand dollars in a session you're like, <laughs> Fuck. yeah why didn't they put this in an arcade? Lavo, stop. <laughs> oh my gosh how how long would the um the password codes be in order to save your state and chrono dear trigger god. dear god <laughs> um but yeah just so We've been kind of like burning through these. I want to want to slow the pace as far yeah. as just listing off stuff. We have one here that uh, stood out particularly for you. I mean, Mega Man X, but I could do a whole <laughs> episode on that one. <laughs> oh, obvious joke. Um, Earthbound's another thing. Like I've never actually gotten to. I said gotten to like I haven't had the chance. Right, right. Um, <laughs> that I've never gotten around to playing. Yeah. But fucking love playing S in Smash. Mm-hmm. Um. But again, like, a lot of fucking solid titles. I feel like Nintendo was on their shit for this generation. Yeah. For when they're coming out with things. Because a lot of these became just either great entries in an existing IP or fresh IPs that, you know, fucking hung around for fucking ever. And that was really, that was the place that they innovated a lot. Sega had their own teams kind of working on Sonic and some of their other IPs. um, And some kind of, like, Mm tie-ins to movies, things of the time. Um, and Nintendo had that as well, but they also just really, really developed their first party IPs, um, with solid game entries. And this is what basically, in my opinion, destroyed the other offerings, um, like in this generation and the generation next, ultimately converting on Sega itself, um, was just, it was no longer good enough to copy a game from an arcade and then sell it on an expensive piece of hardware and call yeah. it good. Um, they released so many cartridges of like high quality games that it was complete insanity to pick um, like a different game other than or a different console other than Sega's or Nintendo's um, in this generation. Yeah, there wasn't really anything else at the time either, mm-hmm. and there never would be. <laughs> there, there there is there is jake scrolls the notes <laughs> uh yeah so really good stuff out of nintendo uh they're also sega cd which i put in here because um a lot of their games also got direct kind of ports to uh pc eventually they're like we made a cd game for our console can we make a cd game for a pc yes you can yes you can that's really easy as it turns out that's what pcs use <laughs> in this age um and uh, so, yeah, I played uh, one of my first games. I really got into it. I talked about it already, but um, Sonic CD. Uh, yeah. Which originally, I remember those days. originally came out on this. And then there was other, like, hard-hitting games like Virtua Fighter, <laughs> Virtua Cop, Virtua Fighter 2, <laughs> Virtua Racing. <laughs> like, it was not keeping up at this point. Oh. And... Uh, yeah, that just continues really in the future. But uh, some other stuff that kind of came out on the Sega space or in the um, the next generation, which was 1993. So a couple years after I was born into uh, 95, 
um, was Sega Saturn. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, PlayStation, which some people liked, and basically shook up the entire game. No pun intended for uh, the, the console wars, essentially. They were like, hey, how about we just enter this and then have all the games? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that PlayStation has been doing for a while. For every console, they've had so many fucking titles mm-hmm. where it's like either somebody you know has a PlayStation or you have a PlayStation because otherwise you're missing out. Yeah. Like when I started my gaming career, uh-huh, yeah. the first console I ever had was a GameCube. Right. Because I played Sonic Adventure Battle 2 at, at a Walmart and I'm like, yes, for some <laughs> reason this is what I want. So we I, all played those games at the Walmart, though. That was that was yeah. the place. Just the leave me here. fucking like stuck in there and yeah. rubbered in. Yeah, possibly like messed up a little bit because literally all the kids play with it. Your parents are off shopping. Yeah, yeah. you have once disconnected. You're trying to like rearrange wires. You're like, <laughs> please just send the electrical signal over. <laughs> um, but my parents had a rule where I couldn't have more than one console at a time. Okay, which I think was to instruct me to you know, like pace yourself or something appreciate it probably a little bit of both and yeah. also they didn't want to spend the money yeah type things so you're like you can have one but like you're gonna have to trade in this for something else mm-hmm. so I started with the gamecube and then went to xbox for a good deal of time right so i could do halo things right which i think was the main reason for xbox but <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll get into to Xbox's wide variety of offerings. <laughs> uh, but then I went over to PS2. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to end up. Um, it was. And I had the most games for PS2 out of all of those consoles that I had. Yeah. And I think part of that is because PlayStation... So Nintendo did a lot of first-party stuff. They had like a lot of first-party IPs, um, like strong team of developers... Mario games came out, they were almost always good. Link games came out, Legend of Zelda came out, almost mm-hmm. always good. Um, but they didn't really go outside of their space nearly as much as Sony did. Sony's just like, oh, we got all these Japanese developers with great ideas. Bring them in, bring them in, like onboard them, bring them aboard the Ark uh, that will destroy all other competitors, and we will uh, get through this. Um, and they ended up with uh, really, really solid IPs for a long time. Like Final Fantasy be, went from being on all these Nintendo systems to a PlayStation exclusive for many years. Um, so they aggressively pursued some of these exclusives, whereas Nintendo was just like, we'll make our own. And, um, I mean, they've also been successful. So. <laughs> well, yeah, they definitely have. But, like, when we capped off at, like, Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of when they stopped making, for the most part, fresh IPs. Yeah. So, like, outside of, like, yeah, there's... What's the Squid Ink game? Squidlings? Or, uh, Inklings. No, wait. Splatoon. Sorry. See? I don't know why I keep That's thinking of the things. That's why I hesitated. You don't even fucking know. I don't know. It's Splatoon. Splatoon 2. Yeah. But, like, around Super Nintendo, like, they already had, let's say, bare minimum, rough numbers, <coughs> 10 to 12 solid IPs. Yeah. Niche pursued those. Oh, yeah. Donkey Kong, Kirby pokemon yeah like anything like they had that and they just went with it yeah and pokemon mostly existed in their handheld space but um they did have a couple entries um 
this generation was also in 64 which we can get to but they had pokemon stadium for that um and nintendo really um also dominated the handheld space which we're not really talking about in the console wars but um like who competed with nintendo compared to like game boy advanced and things like that like pretty much nobody well nobody else really had a portable system yeah like i don't remember microsoft making anything playstation didn't really make a handheld until like psp yeah Mm -hmm. like there actually was a lot but none of them were nearly got the market share that nintendo got and so they just fell off they were just like those old they were like handheld arcades that's what they were basically billed as and uh couldn't compete but uh playstation right out the gate had crazy solid offering um games like uh and I, i remember some of these literally from walmart like you were saying uh, first time seeing Spyro, um, Ape Escape, I thought was like hilarious. Yeah. Um, they also had some. Uh, there was the multi console offering of um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. This came out for like N sixty four. Came out for PlayStation. I think it also came out for Xbox. Um, but between N sixty four and PlayStation, um, PlayStation's version was just so much better. Like N sixty four had crappier graphics lower resolution all of this and it was still a good game i played a lot like 900 into dark slide <laughs> but um and cheat codes for infinite uh, stability while grinding um but playstations was just way better yeah that's the one i played i had never heard of other versions yeah you didn't it's miss just out. like i had a neighbor friend who lived like I'm going to say five doors down, but for the sake of the band, three doors down. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and their older brother had a PlayStation. So, like, we'd go in the basement and, like, we would just play that. Yeah. And it was good. And, like, the one of few instances of me enjoying Ska mm-hmm. is Goldfinger's uh, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but it was played on Tony Hawk and it was just a solid game. Yeah. Solid tunes. This was uh, one of the first. Um first times that a, a cd based console also really succeeded so we we're talking about how sega pretty much failed with um sega cd yeah playstation came out the door and they're just like yeah we're using cds but they're cool now <laughs> like we have all of these awesome games we have these first party games or not first party but we have these third party games no one else has exclusives um rayman parasite eve which i never got around to playing that's the thing ps2 always had like a cool vibe as far as the titles that they offered mm-hmm. but also in how they did their marketing yeah i wasn't really around for sega's marketing so much yeah but i think the playstation even like the playstation like load-in animation and sound you're like oh oh yeah no they 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 I, I think that if they had waited too much longer it would have been really really hard for them to establish market share in the u.s they probably would have been fine in japan but this was the perfect time for the for them to come out with a fully developed uh, CD console and all of these games. Why do you say that? Because, so, if you compare it to, like, the offerings at the time, so compare this to N64, which we didn't really get to, uh, PlayStation's controllers are better than N64's. Oh, um, they're manageable. Yeah. and they're, That's they're, the thing. They're almost unchanged. Uh, Sega, Sega Saturn didn't really compete that much in this market this was um this was before xbox came in so their competition is nintendo yeah 
And they're like, we're just going to do the hardware better. So Nintendo's running the N64 with their, their cartridges and eventually the expansion pack, um, which is just like another four megabytes of memory or something like that. It was hilarious to think about now. Um, but Sega's using CDs. Their games are the better ports. Um, if there's a game that's released on both, uh, they have really good soundtracks. Their controllers are almost unused or unchanged like over the years um, for the PlayStation. You, you said Sega. Oh, I say Sega? Yeah. I meant PlayStation. Sorry. Um, all of that applies to the PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about Sega. Kind of starting now. A few people cared about the next one. But PlayStation just punched right into that saloon and was just like, I'm going to fight the biggest guy, and I've got all these games. <laughs> Which I think is what happened in saloons. Seriously. Like, the easiest way is to go to, like, a, maybe not anymore. Mm-hmm. But it used to be, you go to a GameStop, you look for like the used game section, mm-hmm. and you see like thousands of Madden titles, yeah. and like 30% of the other things. <laughs> Madden year one through year yeah. 2000. <laughs> Here are your used games that people have already traded in yeah. type thing. Yeah, PlayStation uh, really got right in there. A um, bunch of great Castlevania games, had the Tekken series. Uh, just solid all the way through. Nintendo 64 was what uh, I finally convinced my parents to get me. <laughs> the fools. Um, and that came out two years after PlayStation. So this also gives you... Uh, it gives PlayStation some time. And makes Nintendo sort of look bad. Because their games are great for the N64. The first party games. Oh my god, yeah. Like, freaking awesome. Um, some of like the classics of my childhood were all N64. But PlayStation's already been out for two years. Like, and it's better than everything previous, right? Um, so it really, that's what I'm talking about, like this, this one-two punch of getting in there early and then having better hardware um, that really got it ahead. So, like, this is turning into a bit of a PlayStation circle jerk, but this is this was the entry they needed. Yeah, agreed. Um, N64, though solid solid series i had to literally like just cut myself off when i was putting putting in top titles for that super mario 64 freaking awesome i think donkey's favorite game also is what he said yeah um, uh, mario kart 64 first 3d iteration there golden eye 64 bringing the shooters to what we thought was the modern era <laughs> as it turns out not so much um uh, banjo kazooie which i didn't play but a lot of people played and it was awesome donkey kong 64 required that expansion pack freaking amazing uh, Legend of Zelda, both Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Ocarina of Time is a lot of people's favorite game of all time. It's up there for me. I think it was GameStop's first Perfect 10, or really close to their first. Uh, Perfect Dark, which was GoldenEye 007, but um, better, basically. Seriously. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paper Mario. I didn't want to interrupt, but that's very true. Yeah, I'm just finishing out the list, and then we can come back to any that really, really stand out. Paper Mario, which was great. Um, uh, Kirby 64 Crystal Shards, which I already talked about in the retro. Freaking awesome. Super Smash Brothers, which some people played. And infinitely other games. Like, there's just so much that I could... T- I could have a podcast just on N64 because it was such a big part of my childhood. So... My two big questions are, um, how did you hold the controller? Right. Like like a civilized person, I had the uh, left hand on the Z trigger, the, cent- the central prong of the controller, if you will. Are you left-handed? 
no, it's left hand on the the Z right yeah. here with and the uh, the joystick on my left thumb, right hand on the C pad with A and B and. Then you're fucking right. left-handed. That makes you left-handed. I put my right hand on the the you dick use the... of the N64. <laughs> you use the D-pad. I mean, I guess it depends on the game, but yeah. C stick hmm. was or C pad for the time was not used as much. I mean, it was used. It was used for Legend of Zelda, which is one of the games I played. It was the Ocarina controls. Um, how did you hit the A and B button on an N64 controller? Sheer force of will. Next question. <laughs> you, you literally would have to take. You'd have to take your hands off of the joystick. Were you good at games around this time? No, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no, it's. Uh, but yeah, pigeon typing that N64. There's been a lot of weird controllers, and there's a couple more after this. But N64 controllers, freaking weird. The other thing is, um, were you somebody who played Mario Party? N64 days? Not so much uh, around the N64 era. Only a couple times. But my my question is, do you have the N64 stigmata? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what that means. So in a lot of the Mario Party games mm-hmm. or other things of that era, there's a lot of times you'd have to like grind the uh, analog stick. Oh. So it had yeah. like those three rings. That's the first time you really like taking analog stick and like grinding it into your palm. Yeah. Or trying to move it very quickly. Yeah. Usually for the sake of mini games. Uh, but a lot of people would always complain, like, oh, there's, like, a fucking hole in my hand now. Yeah. And that became, like, a, a badge of honor through the years. Of, like, That's hilarious. Ah, yes, I remember. Because they had, they had, like, the intro-level uh, joystick that still had, like, eight notches for kind of, like, your eight cardinal directions. But they're, like, this is... <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> eight cardinal directions. Mm. North, east, northeastishly... And uh, uh, there, I think Nintendo was just like, we have to find out a way to make this 3D. Uh, slap the only thing that we can come up with on that, and that's the N64 controller. Yeah, PlayStation didn't get the; they didn't open with the um, the Dual Shock, which became uh, like the standard forever. Their first one didn't have uh, joysticks; it was just the D-pad. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have actually needed that for a lot of those mm-hmm. titles. It wasn't until later mm-hmm. that they, uh, like a few years later, that they made the only controller that they've ever used. <laughs> yeah, throughout. Spoilers, PS2, 3, and 4. What? They made those? <laughs> what? <laughs> but no, they've been sticking with that, and that's been... It's my go-to for a lot of games, actually. Yeah. If you, like, name a certain genre of game, I immediately think of, like, what I would play it on. Right. So whether it's like PC or For, yeah. statistically PlayStation 4 controller yeah. of like the dual analog, dual shock. Everything else has become more and, like and a PlayStation. Halo is the other category. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else has become more like a PlayStation 4 controller. Yeah. Which is probably their biggest like badge of honor. It's just they didn't overdo it. They didn't over engineer anything. Um and they uh yeah again playstation circle jerk but um their controllers are really good for a launch controller really freaking good wasn't super flimsy kind of like the snes really flat harder to get a good feel for more ergonomic is a word that starts coming up in controller lingo um 
really solid. And so they actually they actually got to complete compete with the N64, which would have otherwise been really hard if not all of that release timing and everything came up. Um, and pretty much everybody who wasn't a Nintendo or PlayStation company uh, started to really, really struggle at this point. Um, we, it takes us to Generation 6, which was 1998 to 2000, through 2013, of when, when there are nine home video game consoles. Um, and Let's list them all. Most of them are not going to be listed. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, but uh, you have Dreamcast, which was Sega's last kind of attempted offering here. And they had really big controllers. They were pretty weird. Um, some good games. Um, Sonic Adventure, Jet Set Radio, Shinmu, Soul Calibur, things like that. Um but they really just couldn't keep up with the pace that PlayStation and Nintendo were coming out ahead in this generation. Um, They were also the first out the gate, which should have gotten them a little bit more ground. This was 1998 that the Dreamcast came out. Um, But two years after that, PlayStation 2 came out, which, like, just destroyed all hope for the Dreamcast. Yeah, this, again, goes back to, like, PS2, I think, of all consoles of all time, mm-hmm. has had the most titles on that. Yeah. It's a stupid number of games. Absolutely crazy. And it's also, like, the sleekest of consoles. Mm-hmm. Dreamcast, Xbox, obviously very bulky. Yeah. GameCube, pretty compact. It was, yeah, almost as though they kind of crushed it all down into yeah. a, a compact but piece of geometry. PS2, let me rephrase. Yeah. Original PS2, still pretty fat, mm-hmm. but it was meant to lay flat, just kind of like on a shelf. Right, just stack your books on it, it overheats. Yeah, and you, but like you not, not too long after, they had like the PS2 Slim, mm-hmm. which was like, hey guys, this is a PS1, but it's a black. <laughs> you're like, cool, it plays PS2 games. Yeah. And it, it felt sleek enough, you could just put it as like a book in a shelf. Yeah. Which again, lends back to the coolness. Yeah, it was it was the aesthetic for the modern age. It was angular. It uh, you knew exactly what it was when you looked at it, and it didn't take up all of your space. Yeah, and they also didn't feel the need to change their model. Mm-hmm. Like Jake was saying with the PS One controller, they didn't really change anything for the PS Two controller. Like they had analog sticks as like a this is something we're keeping going forward. Yeah, but three D has not burned itself out. We'll run yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. People still, all right, I guess. Yeah. Put some joysticks on, I guess. And they also came out with two, so that was that was interesting. The Dual Shock was the two shocks. That's what that translates to, um, which had nothing to do with the uh, the control the joysticks. It actually had rumble feedback, but right, <laughs> you had to get a pack for that back in the N sixty four days. You did, which is odd in a way, and it also precluded the use of a. Um, a memory card because it used the same slot so it's like do i want a memory card or do i want a rumble pack <laughs> give me the vibrations fuck the save data <laughs> yeah but i mean at the same time like gamecube and xbox yeah gamecube came out uh, a year after the playstation 2 and honestly i i wasn't going away you're right yeah that's, that's good and uh, xbox also uh came out in 2001 um, but yeah playstation 2 I have, like, the smallest sampling of games for this. Dave's just looking at this and shaking his head. But um, 
some Final Fantasy game, Shadow of the Colossus, which some people liked, uh, MGS 2 through 3, God of War, which some people liked, and was also their kind of console front-runner exclusive, um, Persona 3, Ratchet and Clank, a bunch of other stuff. I know Jack and Daxter. Jack, yeah, that's yeah. probably going to say. Yeah. Because um, those are like, they hold hands into the sunset of gaming history. I, I also want to just throw in a pepper and a little Beyond Good and Evil. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. Another another solid title. Mm-hmm. I hope it's on the PS2. I doesn't sound like an asshole. Yeah, that's fine. No one's going to look it up. I was going to say, other controllers at this time were still making the dual analog. Granted, they came out a little bit after PS2. It wasn't the exact same time. Exactly. But GameCube had your left analog and then your C stick mm-hmm. rather than like a C pad. Yeah. And then Xbox had their also dual analog, but they kind of have it staggered. Yeah. Where your left one, your directional is a little higher, higher yeah. than the one you re- use for aiming. Mm-hmm. And it's it's worth noting that GameCube kind of carried forth the N64's tradition of having weird controllers but it's a weird controller that everybody got used to unlike the n64 like gamecube controllers still the super smash bros standard through today (laughs) like like as soon as the switch uh like smash ultimate was announced for switch i'm sure people were like all right now how do i make a gamecube controller work with this like day one (laughs) yeah they've kept it around and like they have first party gamecube and then for the wii they're like we have a GameCube adapter. It's okay. <laughs> yes. And then for the Wii, you were like, uh huh, uh huh, yeah. And for the Switch, you're like, no, seriously, it's fine. Like, yeah. We'll plug it in. Go ahead. <laughs> they, yeah, they, like I was saying, they have Nintendo first party adapter for GameCube controllers for the Switch, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, good on them, I guess. It is good on them. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially in the way like of Blizzard saying, like, hey, we now approve of, like, wow, classic. Yeah. Uh huh being a thing and like you still having service for that it's nice that you're willing to appreciate the part of the community that's still appreciating things from long ago yeah and not forcing them to upgrade to the latest version of windows or something you know which is also good in uh, nintendo's case because they until they made like the pro controller for the switch they didn't make another good controller so they kind of had to <laughs> yeah. um but top games for the gamecube uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which was very controversial upon launch due to its art style. I remember that explicitly. Super Smash Bros. Melee, which some people played. Super Mario Sunshine, Metroid Prime. Luigi's Mansion, which was like my top game to watch people play at Walmart because people were always playing it. Uh, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Uh, Pikmin. Which is my top game to watch people play at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, basically around this point, Sega's kind of they, they realized that dreamcast wasn't really getting them across the finish line they pulled out of the the console wars and started letting other people uh, produce their games which is why gamecube also has sonic adventure battle 2 yeah yeah and sonic adventure dx keep that in mind yeah um, <laughs> um i gotta say gamecube like i said was my first console mm-hmm. um was mainly for sonic adventure battle 2 because i was a weeb right i still am but i was then as well what's your sonic name (laughs) (laughs) but then very if not the next day Mm -hmm. uh melee became the game to play with friends yeah oh yeah 
like I played I like you know that I jumped from N64 to um to ultimate <laughs> so I have a huge smash jump but uh melee is one of the most popular I think smash games to ever come out it's just crazy how many people that brought into it yeah it started a whole fucking fighting community yeah as far as um not of like fighter royale game. yeah um, but like the controls were tight enough and responsive that like they still have tournaments. Like they have Smash Ultimate tournaments, and they're like, but also melee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy that it's had that much persistence. And a lot of these other titles are still very breaking the mold. Mm-hmm. Like what other game was like Luigi's Mansion right. or Metroid Prime or fucking Sunshine? Yeah, that's when they stopped calling it Mario too. Actually, it was yeah. Luigi's Mansion. They're like, is that is that what they call them? All right, like, Luigi, whatever that means. Um, yeah, no, like really cool um, designs and mechanics, like Super Mario Sunshine. I remember seeing that, and I was like, why is he just spraying water all over the place? What kind of game is this? Um, like, if you said like it's Mario, but he sprays water, I'd be like, that's a dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. If somebody showed me Sunshine, I'd be like, I want to play. Oh, we're mutilating <laughs> squid. Fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's really interesting stuff. Taking Metroid into 3D with Metroid Prime. Yeah. Like, that's that's a big jump. And Nintendo's kind of... They, they, they play this uh, paradox, sort of, of, like, never changing and also trying to innovate. So, like, later we get to the Wii and uh, the next generation, which was like, hey, let's push everyone into motion controls. And people are like, we don't want that, though. <laughs> And they're like, but there's Mario now. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I guess I'll play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, they, they definitely stay competitive in this. And, and Nintendo, obviously, I mean, they have really good offerings in the um, uh, the Japanese and American space. It really just keeps it going. Um, then Xbox, you know, which was a console. I mean, I, I played Halo. Yeah. This is this is uh, for the purpose of brevity and not just restating the PlayStation story. Uh, really tough for Xbox to enter at this point, alongside the GameCube. Um, I mean, this is their first. This is this is their console. The this is Microsoft's first, yeah yeah entry, and they're just like, all right, um, we have to have something. Literally, no one else has. Like, we have to have a thing that will get our console sold, and that was Halo, um, and. Like, there's other games on here. Nobody really cares that much. It was Halo. Halo is what sold. Con- this trend would continue through <laughs> yes. generations of Xbox games. Very true. Very, very true. Halo's really been their, their pioneer game mm-hmm. because it did stand out so much compared to what else was there for the time. Like, nobody was doing first-person shooters on this scale. Yeah. They- with this style. Um, and it was so over the top. And then, like, the multiplayer was tight as well. Yeah. And just launched it. You had vehicles. Uh, you had local co-op, online co-op. Yeah. With uh, Games for Xbox Live, which I've had discussions in Discord about how, like, av- advanced, how ahead of the curve their online system was. Mm-hmm. They basically beat PlayStation to having a good online uh, offering and community. Um, and that was that was also huge. Um, There's another thing where if Xbox... If Microsoft would have waited any longer, they probably would have got I think they would have missed out. the... Yeah. They struck while the iron was hot. Yeah, exactly. And they made Halo, which was their game. Um, bringing us into Generation 7, 2005 through 2017, which is pretty recent. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a decade yeah. plus ago. 2017 isn't a decade ago. That was two years ago. If it was 2007, you'd be right, but... Oh, you said two, 2017. Teens, yes. Yeah. My mistake. <laughs> yeah. It's important to know what is and isn't a teen. <laughs> but... <Yes. Sing. laughs> oh, man. That one's, that one's to Jared from Subway. <laughs> but uh, Xbox 360, first out the gate this time, which is also good for building their market share. Gears of War, Halo, Halo again. Uh, Crackdown, which I actually was talking to people from work about recently for some reason. Um, Shadow Complex, Forza, which they maintain forever. Alan Wake and Xbox uh, contained, or they continued Microsoft's um, offering of like, games for xbox then they came out for windows like two years later um so that gave them some exclusives with like big air quotes um for games that were destined to come out for windows but not other consoles right um so xbox 360 i remember being as like the next big console that like people had in their basements yeah and like when i come home from college i went over to like tucker's house and we'd all play Eight person Halo, and you no. fucking squint at your corner <laughs> of the TV, and hope to God you get to shoot somebody type yeah. thing. No looking, no screen looking. But I also remember like the Red Ring of Death. Yes. Yeah. So like, how prominent was this as a console for you at this time, Basically, or were you part of like the other games in this generation? Um, consoles. I I mostly skipped this generation up to the next generation. Um, I didn't really play console based games around here i was mostly pc mm-hmm. um but a couple a couple xbox 360 games um a couple previous generation playstation 2 games at uh, youth group at church <laughs> play mortal Kombat. you know standard church games hold on your youth group had video games <laughs> yeah they had a son of a bitch they they didn't usually just sit there and play them but Here if you had like a, busy get together. praying and doing sword drills yeah god damn you know the um <laughs> you know the the super bowl uh with justin timberlake and you britney like spears this one yes yeah, uh-huh. yeah. uh so i was at uh church in my my youth group <laughs> you're gonna at the super bowl i was like, at the super bullshit. bowl yeah, no that, that didn't happen <laughs> okay okay i was in my church mm-hmm. uh like at a party for the super bowl when that whole thing happened right i think like literally no one saw it because everyone's like halftime show let's go out and play frisbee or something <laughs> It was crisis averted, sin averted. There was your one titty, churchgoers. <laughs> yep. um, PlayStation 3, which I pretty much skipped entirely, but they had some cool stuff there. That's the thing. Like Again, PlayStation was building off of their existing framework. Yeah. And like there are a lot of good titles here, but I didn't... I don't know if I was in like college or something, but like I missed this whole generation. Like yeah. I never had any of these consoles... Like I said, I just played the Xbox 360 when I came home right. on breaks. And this was this was around the age where you, you chose one, right? You were in the Xbox group or you were in the PlayStation group. This was before the synthesis and we realized that everyone in video game publishing was going to try to ruin video games. It was up to, up to gamers to unite and fight against that and that's a, be that's friends. That's a whole separate podcast. <laughs> mm. But uh, a lot of games, but some of the key ones here, MGS4. Uh, which was the conclusion to the main Metal Gear Solid uh, franchise, most would say, I would think. Um, it's and... one of the longer movies I've watched, for sure. <laughs> yeah. 
and The Last of Us, which is a game some people play. Um, ooh. Again, <laughs> that's a whole other podcast, but oof. Oof. Yeah. And then, obviously, continuing and finishing out the God of War franchise, which was their... God of War was their Halo, essentially. Yeah. Um, rough corollary. Um, and really, it's hilarious to go back and, and see how... Uh, not what's the word for it kind of chauvinistic those games really were they were they were the male power fantasy but uh and there was the wii which had um wii sports resort next generation (laughs) i feel like we have to talk about like the fucking nunchucks yeah like this is like an actual like and more so encouraged wireless controller Mm -hmm. or it's just kind of like xbox 360 had a wireless controller this was almost required we, for for most of the Wii games, though. This was their primary cell. Like, yeah, the fact you could use another controller was like almost hidden in the the subtext. Yeah, but like, if you had anything like plugged in, you're like, "What's that fucking umbilical cord?" <laughs> like, it wasn't expected at that point. It was like you had Wii bowling. Like, you put the spit on the fucking bowling ball. Yeah, like that's how it was designed. And something like No More Heroes needed to be masturbation um, simulator. I wasn't going to go there, but yeah. <laughs> but it needed to be like a much more mobile and because it needed to like read the movement of the actual Wiimote mm-hmm. was a lot of the mechanics. Nobody wants to masturbate with a dual sh- dual shock, right? Like it's just not, not going to work. I masturbate with nunchucks. <laughs> That's it. End of statement. Done. <laughs> no, it was, um, it was interesting. This was Nintendo trying something new and uh, like the games honestly... I feel like out the gate, they didn't usually... The Nintendo usually has their first party offering to be like, buy our console, it's got Mario. And they really didn't have that for the Wii, which made it struggle a little bit. And then some people didn't like uh, Skyward Sword, which was their Zelda offering. So it's like, what are you doing? Like, how, how stable is this going to be? And I think this offered more uh, market share to um, PlayStation and Xbox. Um, because we just didn't apply to everybody. It didn't like not everybody wanted to to have a Wii or play with a Wii. Yeah, and also at this time, it's definitely one of the cheaper consoles. Mm-hmm. And something that humans have for sure is if you have like a price tag that's significantly cheaper or free, people are like, "Oh, so it's worth nothing." <laughs> It's just something that people do. PlayStation's got crazy expensive. People are like selling these, scalping them for like 600 600 bucks. 600 for PS3, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those things where it's just, it fit in like a slightly off-kilter space. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely did play with a Wii, again, for like Smash 4. Yeah. Um, but it just, would have been 4? Would have been 3. Brawl, I think, right? Is that 4? Hmm. Super Smash Bros, Melee, Brawl, and then uh, there was four after that. Was there? And then Ultimate, I think. I think, right? Anyways, right right in to tell us how video games work. (laughs) (laughs) My research is fast and loose, (laughs) much like my book. But bad joke. Um, But yeah, it was. it, it was it was interesting, and Nintendo learned to not be interesting going forward. That was basically, that's not true, actually. But well, they try to innovate in the hardware space where um, 
uh, PlayStation and Microsoft basically gave up after their like iToy slash like motion tracking connect. The connect was uh, an experiment. It was something. <laughs> Nobody wanted it, as it turns out. <laughs> Maybe do some focus testing. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad any type of like bad experimentation happens. One cool monster movies. Two. Um, you find things that don't work, and from that, you kind of push into a direction of, like, this is what people are looking for. Yeah. Or this is what's, like, an untapped market or space. Yeah. And that's what they wanted. And they also didn't want to get... They didn't want to be behind it. Like, these are people who saw the last decade or two of technological innovation, and they're like, if someone else comes out with motion controls and everybody else has awesome motion control mechanics and the games are going for it... Um, we may never catch up. So. Yeah. They wanted to be part of it. Uh, but then it wasn't a thing. So thank God. Uh, which took us into Generation 8, 2012 through 2019. Hey, that's this year. That's weird. Um, and then there was four consoles here. <laughs> Current day. <laughs> uh, first off was Wii U, which was just the mobile Wii. Kind of it was like a handheld, really. Kind I, of ish. I, I know nothing about the Wii U. Oh, I know it exists. That's it. <laughs> Actually, reach out to a Nintendo rep, and we still have no idea what a Wii U is. No, uh, I, I heard them shrug over the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I remember seeing ads and things for this, but I don't know. It again falls into the category of like a PS3, was like it was just outside of that space where I was owning consoles yeah. and giving a shit. And it just kind of like went very under the radar for me. And the thing was, this is basically a prototype Switch. The Wii U was like, you can play with it as a mobile, yes. you can hook it in, you can like play play uh, your Wii games. Um, but it just was not refined enough yet. Um, so I don't know anybody who personally had one. But PlayStation 4 is a console that some people played. I'm going to the next one. Anytime Jake says some people, you know, it actually did well. Yeah, I know. So this is uh, a, a year after the Wii U, which nobody bought. So technically, the first, like, the first meaningful one in this generation, uh, 2013, is when the console that I'm currently using is my latest console came out. So six years ago. It's true, though. Like, PS4 was a game console that I eventually got after being PC gaming for many, many years. Yeah. And I still am. Strong. Strong and true. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to have a console for some of these titles, um, mainly when they made Last of Us for PS4. Yeah, the remastered. the PS3. Also, eventually wanted to get the Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. remaster, re- re- remake, whatever the I guess. fuck they do yeah. there. Redead. <laughs> I wanted to play it. Uh-huh. Um, and they also have like a lot of other good titles. Yeah. But also, they're, again, still, they've evolved from like the sleek interaction of even like the PS3 menu. Mm-hmm. And then also having like the skins on your PlayStation menu. Yeah. They just. The online's still not great. <laughs> I would like to point out, because Jake and I played a lot of Monster Hunter. Yeah. But. That, I think a lot of that was probably on Monster Hunter, though. We were also playing close to launch. So it was. It was. I don't want to give excuses right. for how bad our online experience was. People can go back to that episode and listen to it, but it wasn't great. But I feel like a lot of it was, yeah, Square Enix. But even so, Squeenix. like, I would say I probably have up to ten 
games for the PS4. Mm-hmm. But that's still like a solid console for me. Oh, yeah. And I still want to go back and play some of these games I haven't gotten around to beating yet. Like fucking Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, I'm looking at this list and I've played or beaten like half of them. Let's, um, let's bang my quick. Yeah, so first up here, Bloodborne. Started it, haven't beat it yet, want to. Same. Uh, Until Dawn, which is like a horror type movie game thing. I don't know, probably won't Never play heard it. Of it. Yakuza, which I've heard is good. God of War, which I've heard is good. I've played some of it. It's pretty good. Uh, Persona 5, which is I played for like 110 hours. Eh. I'm not a weeb. <laughs> Keep saying it. Uh, Infamous Second Son, which was the next game in the Infamous series. Really good. Uh, better than Prototype. Fight me. Uh, Horizon, I'll also defend Prototype. Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, solid game. Solid freaking game. I beat that. F- uh, did I beat it? Can't remember if I beat it. I think I beat it. I don't if know. anybody asks, Jake, Jake beat this game. <laughs> I did beat it. I, I just uh, mind blinked. Uh, Uncharted, which I haven't played any of the games of, but I hear it's good. Spider-Man. I didn't actually realize this only came out for PlayStation, but it did. And it was good. Yeah. Uh, the Last Guardian. Again, not a weep. I've <laughs> <laughs> I've heard mixed things about this one. Yeah. It was a it was a heavily marketed game for PlayStation Four, which is one of the reasons they put it in here. Yeah, I just don't know of anybody like who I follow on YouTube or gaming space, who's like, "Hey, this game was good and I enjoyed it." Yeah, it, everyone just has seemed. <laughs> it's bad like, and I loved it. Eh, <laughs> yeah. eh. I don't know. <laughs> and then the last was Detroit Become Human, which was um, Remedy's kind of next offering, and I actually really enjoyed Detroit Become Human. I recommend it for people who like that sort of heavy rain. Um, indigo prophecy style uh game quantum break things like that think what things are based more so off of choices choices story yeah kind of like a choose your own adventure in modern age you mean like life <laughs> yeah um but this one's better than than many of those i hope someday to cover detroit become human um but i don't know when that'll happen but yeah playstation 4 really freaking good there's a reason that uh, it outsold everybody else in this generation by twice as much. And I know, like, everybody I know has one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Like, if you have a console, it's pretty much a PS4. Mm-hmm. I only know one person to have, what we're about to say, is the Xbox One. Yeah. And that's my uncle. And I don't know why. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a guy from work that has one, but he's a pretty big Halo fan. Okay, Which is the only reason I, I still to have case. an Xbox. Yeah, because you want to keep up with like Halo as a series. You're too invested at this point. Yeah, it's it's older than you are. <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> but I still don't know of anything that really stands out for Xbox games outside of FPS. Yeah, and even those FPS, I wouldn't say are so stand out that I would want to get the console just for that game. Right. As someone who really. Um, you know is invested in games we played a lot of games i would recommend an xbox to somebody who doesn't have a pc and still wants to play those games that only came out for one or the other yeah um because i mean that's you know perfectly valid and fine but if you have a pc and you have a playstation 4 you get like 80 90 percent coverage on top games that come out now um it's true and the opposite is not true if you have an xbox one and not a playstation 4 um and they came out around the same time, so they really got to fight it out. And PlayStation... They're their own kind of... One. Like, obviously, it's Nintendo, Xbox, and uh, PlayStation yeah. in the space. But I feel that Xbox and PS2 
We've never said the word Sony, I realized. Sorry. Sony, everybody, <laughs> front of the show. I, um, I actually have no note on this, and it's Microsoft, been an hour. Xbox, Sony, <laughs> Sony PlayStation, yeah. Nintendo, Nintendo the machine. Nintendo, yeah. Um, <laughs> I just realized, like, it was a curse or something. Literally just never use the name of the company. Always People the product. know who they are. Yeah. Um, but I feel that it's always been PlayStation versus Xbox. Yeah. For a lot of that space, because they typically had more titles. Mm-hmm. Um, they compete for the hardcore gamer, too. Yeah. Whereas Nintendo is, like, very family-friendly. But they also, like, hey, we have this bucket of games yeah like you know it's gonna come from nintendo you know there's gonna be a zelda you know there's gonna be a mario yeah they have these existing ips that they're working with where playstation and xbox i'd say more so playstation are less established in that front yeah it's kind of like nintendo's like sitting back with uh on their their beach chair with a little mini umbrella and like a lemonade and Xbox and PlayStation were like exchanging fire over the ramparts, trying to claim ground. And Nintendo's like, "I'm going to sit on my like 33 percent of the market and not worry about this." Um, it's, it's like, like I said, it's a slightly different demographic. Whereas PlayStation, Xbox, more so. Hey, you like the game? You want gamer fuel? Yeah. <laughs> you want to kill people and, and FPS? What's funny about this? Just to subvert this entirely, you're correct. Like, 100% correct. And then Nintendo released that Dead Space on Rails shooter for, like, the GameCube, I think, or the Wii. And it was an exclusive. It was I, the only console it came out on. I want to argue Space. that rail shooters are very different. I mean, they basically didn't exist other than that one. It's a dead genre. And then they're like, let's make one. <laughs> and we'll put it on a Nintendo system. But, yeah. Every, that's the literally the exception everything else is. Yeah, 100% sure. there. Um, and, uh, yeah, so Xbox kept running with Halo, Gears of War, and then you'll notice that that was 2013, and there's a jump to 2017, where the Nintendo Switch came out, which is the other console that I own. I actually lied earlier. I said that the PlayStation 4 was the most recent I I knew you were lying, Uh but I didn't want to out you. Right, yeah. appreciate Also, nobody's going to listen this far. No, that's fair. (laughs) I mean, we've had episodes this long before. It's all right. Nintendo Switch doesn't honestly have that many games that are exclusives but it has one game that i really really like and there's a there's another one on here you're probably thinking of breath of the wild isn't on it yeah i fucking am yeah i don't, I actually, don't even have the game and i'm upset i was like filling out notes here pretty quickly but um super mario odyssey um kirby star allies which i didn't even realize was a co-op game yes. I don't know. um mario plus rabbits which i remember seeing a developer cry over at a convention uh, Octopath Traveler. It was Tears of Joy for the record. Octopath Traveler, Splatoon Two, which was the second in the Splatoon ser- Splatoon series. Um, Thanks for clarifying that last bit. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't following. <laughs> and uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, which I think is the reason 80, 70, 90 percent of people who bought a Switch bought the game for that system. What's the thing? It's I like. When I think of really good open world games, mm-hmm. I think of Witcher 3, yeah. MGS5, uh-huh. and from what I've seen, but not experienced, Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Because it gives you so many options to approach things how you want, mm-hmm. and it is so open. You have so many options. Yeah. It's just a sandbox. That's People yeah. actually say the story is not that But it's sandbox great. with a content. Yeah. I can't speak for the story of Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. I can speak for the story of Witcher 3 so far. 
Mm. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. MGS5. Ah, story? Uh, maybe. But the the open world aspects are good. You've avoided a lot of bad open world games, is what I'm hearing. You're just like, ah, skip over it entirely. I'll wait till I get the one that's 9 out of 10. Then I'll play that. Seriously. Because I'm not the type of person to jump into open world. Yeah. Typically. Because if I have too many options, I have no options. And I just, yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you just eh, put the controller I'm out, down. I'm out. <laughs> I don't like that much freedom, please. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but I mean, if there's not a directive for me, mm-hmm. if I'm not doing something for like a goal or like an end game, why am I doing a thing? Yeah. So I need to ha- like find motivation within the game itself mm-hmm. from like enjoyment of just playing it. Yeah. Or, like MGS5, you could just like dig around, and that was really fun. Yeah, there's a lot of sub-mechanics, things that you can pursue that are enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the moment-to-moment, the f- long-reaching goals of the game don't matter so much if the moment-to-moment gameplay is fun. Yeah, I'm Im- saying, Jake, we're having fun in the now. <laughs> Why do we have to think about marriage? <laughs> um, but also on the Switch, Super Mario Odyssey was another thing that really innovated within the space Yeah. of, again, having that cool kid chameleon transformation shit. That's exactly it. Um, We've it come added full circle. so much freedom and mechanics and other things and then had a million fucking cool collectibles. Yeah. I played it at my friend's... My friend. Still my friend, but my right. cousin's uh-huh. uh, place over Christmas. So like they went out to the other side of the family. I'm like, I'm not related to them technically. <laughs> um, so like I would just... I played Mario Odyssey. And mm-hmm. It was like just two hours. I'm like... Holy shit! I see why people enjoy it. Like it's, yeah. it's really well designed gameplay, and like the salt, the core mechanics were, mm, mm-hmm. so good. We talk about like the gameplay loop sometimes, like yes. the core loop of a game, and Nintendo just like takes that loop and they like pound it across like an elven anvil, and then like enchant it like Lord of the Rings style, like they're making the One Ring, and then they sprinkle cocaine all over it, and then they present it to children. And they're like, man, this loop is tight. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not a loop. That's a new spilling. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so Nintendo Switch, most recent console. Got a couple games for it, but I would this, say... was, this is their advanced Wii U is what it was. Yeah. So closing that loop on that earlier point. This is the home console that's also portable. Yeah, it's really cool how you can have it docked and like just hdmi up to the tv mm-hmm. not speaking from experience right or if you can yeah. just i like, bring the switch over sometimes people yeah, know yeah. This. yeah or you can put like the joy cons on either side and kind of just like take it in the other room with you you can still play smash yeah again not speaking from experience right also right. tune in for next week where i cover <laughs> smash because i i own this game now <laughs> i wasn't sure if you're gonna if you're gonna out yourself in, uh, in the, again nobody listens this far and they'll hear about it in yeah. future episodes so yeah i didn't i didn't want to spoil it for anyone but yeah dave owns a switch so judge him judge him um and then uh that that was the nintendo switch you'll you'll realize that that last generation was hecka long just like this podcast and there hasn't been an official Wikipedia um, sh- sanctioned jump to Generation 9. Um, and I had a point here to talk about why you think that is. Why do you think the Switch does or does not deserve to be Generation 9? Discuss. 
I, I don't give a fuck, Jake. All right, that's fair. Um, so I just leave it to Wikipedia. Nobody cares. And you know what's funny about this? I actually did some research on this. Uh, most people share your opinion. <laughs> They're just like, the generations don't matter anymore. So much time has passed. Microsoft and Sony continue to re-release slightly updated versions of their same systems. Yeah. PS Pro. Um, Xbox One S, I think is what it's called. Um, and they definitely don't count as um, system leaps. And then the Switch doesn't even compete in the same space. Like, they're not trying to surpass Xbox or PS4. So why does it matter anymore? It's like you're following three separate celebrities who each have their own lives and careers yeah. at this point. Whereas in the <laughs> earlier days of like GameCube, PS2, and Xbox, like I said, my parents were like, you can have one console. I'm like, oh, I have to pick one of these three existing consoles at the same space. Yeah. Because like, that's what was featured at Walmart. Like that's These games were sold. They hadn't broken up into categories. Here's your GameCube. Here's your Xbox. Here's your PS2. Yeah. You look behind the glass case, you're like, this looks really and you like read the back of the box and like you make your selection that way or something. So as the um, as the title of this is uh, is console wars, looking back with this historical perspective, um, do you think that the ordering for console? What do you think your ordering for console wars is, and why is Magnavox uh, one of the top two? Do I still have this knife here? Or no? <laughs> I um, removed the knife. <laughs> Suspicious. <laughs> you actually did, huh? <laughs> did I move it? I moved it. We'll find the knife. We'll find the knife. Yeah. Um. So Xbox, I, I'm not actively playing Halo Two. Mm-hmm. It was a huge fucking chunk of my multiplayer time. Yeah. In my teenage years, still a solid fucking title. Um. But outside of that, Xbox has done nothing for me, fucking ever. Right. So I it. Bottom of the list. Bottom of the list. Okay. So. Um, Presumably Magnavox, slightly above that. I swear to God. I would say next for me is probably Nintendo. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of good games, but it's not as nostalgic for me. Yeah. I didn't grow up playing a lot of Nintendo titles. Um, as far as the multiplayer and like 1v1 titles yeah the grudge matches i'd have with my friends in soul Calibur 2 um and now also owning a ps4 before a switch yeah uh-huh. definitely playstation for me as far as its numerous offerings it's really really uh has a large variety as yeah. far as games are concerned a lot of compelling games that i would actually want to pick up as an adult which is not always an easy choice to make um I think my ratings are probably the same as yours. Um, I might put Nintendo a little bit. It's like it's real freaking close to PlayStation just based off of uh, hopes for the Switch. But PlayStation still beats them out because I just it has the games I want to play other than Smash, which I play more than any other console game. <laughs> so Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. Um, but uh, in the end, you know, it's up for people to decide. You know, you get to decide how... The console wars were actually resolved, and uh, statistics which show that um, Microsoft came in slightly below Nintendo in the latest generation, and then uh, Sony PlayStation uh, doubled Nintendo, Nintendo's um, actual unit sold. So, Get fucked. <laughs> yeah. 
and uh, that's that's our historical recollection of of the war with our own personal takes on it. This has been uh, another episode of Soapstone. Thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can reach out to us at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Not just at gmail.com. As some people have thought. I don't know why. Um, or uh, contact us and join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always... We'll see you in the next one. Bye.